Well, thanks so much for joining with us for our Easter services. My name is Nathan. I'm the senior pastor here at Bridgman Baptist Church, and we are so glad you could join with us as we give thanks for Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us and the good news that Jesus is alive and the hope and the life that is found in him. If you'd like to connect with us, we would love to hear from you. And you can email hello at bridgman.org.au. Or if you have a prayer need, we would love to be able to pray for you as well. And you can let us know by emailing prayer at bridgman.org.au. Our service will be starting in just a few moments time. And I pray that you'll be strengthened and encouraged as you share with us today. The Cross. It was meant to horrify the world. It was meant for humiliation. It was meant to last for days. It was meant for slow asphyxiation. It was meant to prolong torture. It was the Roman soldier's job. It was meant to be used by Caesar, but instead, it was used by God. It was meant to stop a movement, but instead it became the way. It was meant to act on fear, but instead it awakened faith. It was meant to be vicious and violent, but instead it became our peace. It was meant to uproot hope, but instead it became the seed. It was meant to punish captives, but instead it unleashed freedom. It was meant to build up Rome, but instead it built God's kingdom. It was meant to discourage rebels. It was meant to stop insurrection. It was meant to put down Jesus, but instead it set up his resurrection. It was meant to jeer and mock him, but instead it was his glory. It was meant to erase a chapter, but instead it became the story. It was meant to hold up convicts, but instead it raised up a king. It was meant to shut our mouth, but instead it's why we sing. It was meant to be a judgment, but instead it became our mercy. It's why the song of heaven is the lamb. The lamb is worthy. It was meant to kill an enemy, crush dissenters and diversion, but instead it became the banner of God's love for every person. It was meant to be appalling, nailing hands and feet to wood. It was meant to be used for evil, but instead it was used for good. It was meant to be a symbol of God's assassination, but instead it became the symbol of Jesus's invitation. Come to the cross. Instead of sin and stain, you are meant to be made clean. Instead of being forgotten, you are meant to know you're seen. Instead of being ashamed, you can leave behind your guilt. Instead of feeling empty, you were meant to be fulfilled. Instead of being broken, you are meant to be made whole. Here, Calvary is calling. It beckons you. Behold, come to the cross. Instead of being an accident, you have a purpose and a plan. 
Instead of being abandoned, you were chosen by His hand. For all who've said, I can't, God has said, I can. No matter what you've done, the invitation stands. Come to the cross. Instead of being doubtful, you are meant to know your Father. You are meant to be His son and you are meant to be His daughter. You were cherished from the start. You were always in the picture. Instead of being a victim, you were meant to be a victor. The result of Jesus' blood, salvation has arrived. Instead of being dead, you are meant to be alive. The cross. It was meant to signal death, but instead, it's a sign of living. It was meant to be the end, but instead, it's our beginning. Well, welcome. My name is Brad Chalinor. I've been coming to Bridgie for 20 plus years now. And this is just a little version, a condensed version of my story of how Jesus has changed my life. From a very early age, I knew about God. I had um, grown up in a Christian home with Christian parents. I went to a Christian school. Um, I was involved at church from a very early age. And every Sunday, whether I liked it or not, we'd be here at church. So growing up in an environment like that, I thought I had all the answers, right? I, I knew the stories. I knew of David and Goliath. I knew of Samson, of all these heroes of the faith. I'd prayed all the prayers. I knew about this Jesus guy who came to earth and died a sinner's death on the cross for me and my sins. But it all seemed like a distant theory, just like knowledge that didn't really apply to my life. And I remember um, moving into the middle school period and seeing all these students around me who were exactly like me, who had heard all the stories, they'd prayed the prayers, but there was something different about them. I couldn't quite put my finger on what that was. We'd done all the same things and yet they had a peace. They had a joy. They didn't seem to care when other people thought bad of them. They were just content in who they were. And I must admit, I saw that and I thought, I want that, but I didn't think it was possible for me. Fast forward a couple of years and I'm coming out of school and church is beginning to seem, church and, and God are beginning to seem more and more irrelevant as I gained more freedom, I got my license. I sort of stopped coming along to church. The idea of going out, getting drunk or um, just staying home, it appealed to me far more than coming to a church service. It was about this time that I started seeing a girl and I started drinking pretty heavily, getting involved in the party scene, all of it. And I remember it was in those times where a couple of significant things happened in my life. The first, I was involved in a pretty serious car accident where I shouldn't be walking, I shouldn't be talking, I shouldn't be talking to you right now, I should have died. Except God looked after me in that moment. And soon after, I remember I had a dream and in that dream, I felt like God said to me, why do you always come to me when the mountain gets hard to climb? And these rattled me to my core at the time, but 
as life went on, it sort of faded into the back of my mind and life just continued. I kept doing the drinking thing and began to spiral out of control, embarrassing myself, not respecting my parents. I was just in a pretty bad way. And my girlfriend at the time who I'd placed so much hope in, so much of my being in, she decided to leave me. And it was there like I'd felt like my all, my platform, my foundation for my entire life was taken away from me in that instant. It was a very dark time for me. And I can't even tell you why or what led up to this, but the Sunday that happened, I found myself back at church. And you've probably heard the cliche stories of people sitting in these chairs here and the pastor zeroing them out and talking to them. But that's what it felt like for me. Coming in broken, sitting in the back. And it did feel like the pastor was addressing my exact situation, exactly where I was at at the time. I was again in a, in a pretty dark way, but the next week I showed up again and the following week and the following week. And God was slowly but surely turning my broken heart into something and moulding it into something. I remember in that time as well, I had this overwhelming sense that I wasn't good enough. I would come and I would see people who knew me in my darkest hour. These people had seen me make poor decisions. These people had seen me embarrass myself and, and they were sitting right there. How could I be in a room in the presence of God with these, what I thought at the time were perfect people? I just, I wasn't good enough. And slowly that, that burden began to grow until one time, just sitting in church here, I felt God talk to me. And He reminded me that no matter where I've been, no matter what I've done, no matter how many times I've gone my own way and forgotten about Him, He loves me. That in fact, those people I thought were perfect had also sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. I remember feeling such a weight come off my shoulders that me, a broken, sinful person, could come into the very presence of God. I could come to church and experience His love and His forgiveness no matter where I had been. And these people around me that I thought were perfect, they needed this grace just as much as I did. And from that moment, God has just been working on my heart it's a process of sanctification and change, but I'm so glad that He found me at my worst and that He never gave up on me. In a moment, we're gonna sing a song that was pretty significant to me. It explains just what Jesus has done for you and I. It's called Seas of Crimson. And it speaks of the incredible, incredible grace that God has shown to every person even if you think you're far gone, if you think you're not good enough, I want you to hear these words and know that God is speaking to you where you're at. How wonderful it is to hear stories of the way God transforms our lives. As we continue in our service today, we're gonna share in communion as individuals and families in homes right across this city. If you manage to find some bread and drink, uh, terrific. But even if you haven't, let's use this time now to give thanks to Christ for the sacrifice 
that he has made. Communion is a ceremony that Jesus Christ inaugurated on the night before he was crucified as he was sharing a meal with his closest followers. And in taking communion now, we who are Christians use the physical elements of the bread and the drink to reiterate our trust in Christ's sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. A lot of people wonder who God is and what is He like? Jesus Christ was God in the flesh, God incarnate amongst us in this world. And by enduring the suffering of the cross for us, Jesus Christ demonstrates to us that God is a God of love. This is what the Apostle Peter writes in his letter to the church in Asia. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Christ endured the suffering that he did on the cross because he loved us, because he loved you, because he loved me. He saw the path of sin that we had each chosen and he did what was required for us to be able to leave that way of life. Our God is a God of love. He is a God of forgiveness. He's a God of mercy, a God of second chances. And so today, right around this city, as we take this meal, we who follow Christ are unified in our recognition of this God who at great cost to Himself has made us His people. And so on the night that He was betrayed, Jesus took bread and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink in remembrance of me. Let's pray together before we share in this wonderful meal. Our heavenly father, we thank you for this great salvation plan that you have revealed to us and invited us into. Thank you, Jesus, for your courage and your strength, taking up the cross on our behalf, being obedient even unto death. Today, we receive this meal as an expression of our trust in what you did on the cross as the sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins so that we might have new life, freedom from sin and from death. We give thanks to you, our almighty God, in Jesus' name, amen. As a team, lead us in this next song, as individuals and families right across this city, let's take, eat and drink with hearts full of thanksgiving to Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Well, Lord, we thank You. We thank You for all that You've done for us, Lord, and the opportunity we have to remember 
and reflect, Lord. And we want to thank you too for your goodness to us, Lord God. Where would we be but for your grace? It's so true, great God. And so we thank you that your goodness, your mercy, your kindness follow us, follows us all the days of our lives. And so we come to you now. We open our hearts to you as we come to your word, knowing that you are a God who speaks to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's so great to be sharing with you today for our Easter services. My name's Nathan. I'm the senior pastor here. And I just want to add my welcome, wherever it is that you're linking in from, we are so glad you could join with us as we celebrate and give thanks for all that He has done for us. Recently, I came across the words of an ABC reporter that got my attention. They said these words, said, with the bushfires and the floods and now coronavirus, 2020 is looking more like the year that God forgot. And this got me thinking, is this the year that God forgot? The New York Times recently posted an article with the title, Where is God in a Pandemic? Asking the same question, where is God in all of this? Over 70,000 people have now passed away and that number is multiplying daily. Our world is at a standstill, millions are unemployed. People are afraid and desperate and people are asking, where is God in all of this? How could a good and loving God allow so much suffering to take place? Christian apologist and author Lee Strobel, in doing research for his book, The Case for Faith, once asked researchers to conduct a survey to work out what would be the number one question that people would ask God if they had an opportunity to ask Him. And by far the number one question that people wanted to ask God was the question why He allows pain and suffering in this world. And it's a natural and valid question question to ask. The Bible shows us that we see many people of great faith who ask this same question in the midst of their trials and suffering. People like Abraham and Moses, King David, Elijah, Joseph, Job, John the Baptist, Mary and Martha, the disciples and many more. They all wondered where was God in the midst of their trouble and they expressed this to God. In Psalm 10, King David says these words. He says, Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? And so I want to assure you today, it's okay to ask this question. It's a natural and valid question to ask. And so the question is, is this the year that God forgot? Where is God in a pandemic how could a good and loving God allow so much suffering to take place in our world? Well, the Bible shows us there are no simple answers to the question of suffering. There's no one size fits all bandage that can make sense of your hurt and pain. And I, I just want to acknowledge that. This is a complex and very deep and personal issue. But Good Friday reveals to us so clearly how God views suffering, how He responds to our hurt and our pain and our loss and how He responds to the suffering of our world. And to see this, I want us to look at Isaiah 53, written 600 years before Jesus came by the prophet Isaiah. But it shows God's heart right from the very beginning. And it says this, speaking about Jesus and His death on the cross. It says, he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. 
Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. What incredible words of truth and hope and love for us today. You see, in the midst of our suffering and hurt and pain and the questions that come with this, our heavenly Father points us to Good Friday. He points us to the cross of Christ. And we see that at the cross of Christ, we receive some answers to our questions. And firstly, the cross of Christ will leave no shadow of a doubt that God loves you. Why is this so important? Well, pastor and author Tim Keller in his book, The Reason for God says this. He says, if we ask the question, why does God allow evil and suffering to continue? And we look at the cross of Jesus, we still do not know what the answer is for each and every situation. However, we know what the answer isn't. It can't be that he doesn't love us. It can't be that he is indifferent or detached from our condition. God takes our misery and suffering so seriously that he was willing to take it on himself. And 1 John 4 verse 10 says, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. If you read the news at the moment, you'll read some amazing stories of self-sacrifice. Dr. Li Wenliang was a 34-year-old ophthalmologist from Wuhan in China. He tried to raise the alarm on the seriousness of the virus back in December when he noticed the similarities to the SARS virus. He was one of eight doctors who posted the account of, of the virus online, fearing that it showed human to human transition. But sadly, he couldn't get people to listen to him. And very sadly, Dr. Lee would be the youngest doctor to die from the virus at just 34 years of age as he gave his life seeking to save others. In France, the first doctor to die there was a retired 68-year-old accident and emergency doctor called Jean-Jacques. Although he was retired and didn't need to be there, he kept coming into work in order to help and assist his colleagues and to save the lives of those who were sick and those who were dying. His son described him as a hero. Dr. Frank Gabrin from New York City was the first American doctor to die. And the president of the American College of Emergency Physicians said this in a response statement. He said, emergency physicians understand that sometimes in our efforts to save your life, we may end up sacrificing our own. And just last week, two UK nurses, Amy O'Rourke, a 39-year-old young mother of three girls, passed away, as well as Arima Nazarene, just 36 years of age, both gave their lives in order to save the lives of others. And there are many more examples. But why do stories like these move us? 
Well, it's because we know from the mundane corners of life to the most dramatic that all life-changing love is substitutionary sacrifice. We know that anyone who has ever done anything that really made a difference in our lives, made a sacrifice, stepped in and gave something or paid something to, to bear something so that we would not have to take it on ourselves. And this is exactly what happened on the cross. What happened on the cross was that God came and substituted Himself for us. As Isaiah says, we read in that passage, it was our weaknesses He carried. It was our sorrows that weighed Him down. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. The righteous, loving Father humbled Himself to become in and through His only Son flesh and sin and curse for us in order to redeem us without compromising His own character. And the cross is the place where God, your heavenly Father, gave His best for you. He didn't hold anything back. This is who He is. And so although we wrestle to make sense of suffering, one thing we know is that the cross is undisputable proof that God desperately loves our world and that God desperately loves you. And not only that, but the cross of Christ is the place that allows you to know that God understands your pain. Earlier this year, I read the book, Not Forsaken by author and pastor Louis Giglio. And in it, he describes an experience that he had he said it was during a question and answer time before one of the Passion Worship Night tour stops that an interesting question came from a young girl in the crowd. He said that normally in these sort of pre-event uh, format uh, occasions that take place before a concert like this, the questions usually range from how did you get into ministry to how do you keep a balance between church life and speaking engagements and travelling around. But when her turn came, she asked this question. She said, I've experienced murder in my family and I don't know what to do. Can God help someone like me? And Louis writes, what do you say in a moment like that, especially when it catches you off guard? He said, after a pause, I told her how sorry I was to know that she was walking through something so difficult. I also told her I couldn't fully relate to her situation because I'd never experienced anything like it, but I knew God could, that God could relate fully. And then he said, in that moment, the Spirit then helped me. I was reminded by God's Spirit as I was answering that God had witnessed a murder in his family too. He had watched on as evil men had taken the life of his only son. And Louis said, I'd never spoken of Christ's death in those terms before, but I knew in that moment how deeply God understood her pain and our pain and the pain and suffering of our world. What a moving encounter to have, but this is who God is. You see, Christianity alone among the world religions claims that God became uniquely and fully human in Jesus Christ and therefore knows Firsthand, despair and rejection and loneliness and poverty and bereavement and torture and imprisonment. 
And on the cross, he went beyond even the worst human suffering and experienced cosmic rejection from his heavenly father. He experienced a pain that exceeds ours as infinitely as his knowledge and power exceeds our own. And you need to know that Jesus is not indifferent to your pain or to the pain of our world. Hebrews 4.15 says, This high priest of ours, Jesus, understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. He understands what you are feeling. He has been crushed by the darkness. He has identified himself with the abandoned and the forsaken. And why did he do it? Why did he do this? Well, the Bible tells us that Jesus came. He did this because he was on a rescue mission for all of creation. And he had to pay for our sins so that someday he can end forever all evil, all suffering, all pain. And he had to do it this way so that he could do this without ending us. And the cross of Christ is a place that allows you to know that God fully understands your pain. And not only that, but the cross of Christ is proof that God can take the very worst and He can turn it for blessing and for good. Today, after more than 2,000 years of history have passed, we don't call the day Jesus died Bad Friday. In fact, just the opposite, we call it Good Friday. Was it because what happened on that day was good? No, not at all. What happened on that day was, was terrible, but it's because Jesus took What was the worst? God, our Heavenly Father, took what was the worst that could possibly happen and He turned it to become the best. I love the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. He suffered rejection and betrayal from his closest family. He was separated from those he loved. He was taken by force to to another foreign land. He was imprisoned unjustly for a crime he didn't commit. For 13 years, he experienced trials and temptation and testings until when he was 30 years of age, he was put in charge of all of Egypt. And towards the end of his life, he was able to speak of his suffering to his brothers and he expressed it in these words. He said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. This is God's heart. He longs for the saving of many lives, of your life. He longs for you to experience that. And we see across Scripture that God loves to take the worst and He turns it for blessing and good. And we can experience this in our own lives if we will come to Him. You know, I'm sure that if we had been eyewitnesses to the death of Jesus, we would have been convinced that this was the worst this sinful world has to offer. The innocent son of God killed via one of the most excruciating means of execution ever devised. Even heaven and earth could not watch on as darkness shrouded the cross. But three days later, Jesus conquered death. He overcame sin and hell and the grave. And by the power of God, Jesus was alive again, victorious and free. And on the cross, we see that God took the very worst and He turned it to become the best. This is what He does. Jesus said these words. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. 
And the cross of Christ is proof that God can take the very worst in your life and turn it for blessing and for good if we will come to Him. He can take the very worst in our world and turn it for blessing. There is hope in Jesus. There is always a future in Jesus. No situation or circumstance is beyond His redeeming power. And so let me ask you today, do you have a peace and assurance in your heart? Or do you have an underlying fear and uncertainty? Let me ask you today, where are you putting your hope and trust? Is it in the things of this world, in your finances, your career, your health, your possessions? Because all of these things are uncertain. All of these things are finite. Instead, Jesus invites us to place our faith and trust in Him and all that He has done for us on the cross. And He wants to give you the gift of peace, the gift of assurance. And that, come, that peace comes through firstly experiencing peace with God. And when we've experienced peace with God, then we can know the peace of God in our hearts. And the way to receive this free gift is by receiving the giver, Jesus, the one who has done it all for us. When we come to Him in repentance and faith and we acknowledge the fact that He was pierced for our rebellion, that He was crushed for our sins, that He was beaten so we could be whole, that He was whipped so we could be healed. When we come to Him in that attitude, in that heart, in that mindset, then we can know and experience this peace in our own lives. Maybe you've never known the peace of God in your life. Or maybe you've been away from God, drifted away from Him. Well, this Easter, you can come back to Him and know His love and His peace and assurance and forgiveness and hope. You can experience that and know that today. And so I wanna pray this morning and give you an opportunity to experience this peace, to experience this assurance in your own life. And so I wanna invite you to join with me wherever you're linking in from as we pray now. Let's join our hearts together in prayer. Well, now as we are just bowed in prayer in these moments, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus. If you sense that He's been speaking to you, then I'm gonna pray a simple prayer and I'm gonna invite you just to make this prayer your own. And you can pray this prayer in your own heart, in your own mind, wherever you are, wherever you're listening in from. You just make this prayer your own prayer so that you too can know this peace and assurance and a relationship with your heavenly Father through Jesus. You just make this prayer your own. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for standing in my place and taking the punishment I deserved. Thank you that by your wounds I am healed and made whole. And I come to you now in repentance and faith and surrender my life to you. Thank you that you rose again so that I might have new life in you. Come and fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I might know your peace and joy and assurance and hope. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And now, Lord, I wanna pray for any who have just prayed this prayer right now in this moment, that you'd fill them with your peace, the joy of your salvation. We know, Lord, all of heaven celebrates in these moments. And Lord, we give you thanks for this great truth that you have demonstrated, Lord, so clearly your love for us and for our world, that you stepped into our world, you identified with the suffering of this world, and Lord, that you have overcome, that you take these things and you turn them for blessing and for good. This is who you are. And so we worship you and honour you today in Jesus' name. Amen. 
If you prayed that prayer today, then I really want to encourage you to let us know about that or to let someone know that you prayed that prayer today. You can let us know by emailing prayer at bridgman.org.au or going to our website, bridgman.org.au forward slash prayer and filling in a response prayer card there. And we would love to help you and pray for you and send some information to help you. And also I want to just mention our Alpha course. We are going to be running shortly the next couple of weeks, the Alpha course online. And this course helps explain more of what I've shared today. Millions around the world have done this and found it so helpful in their journey of faith. So I want to encourage you to take hold of that opportunity as well. But we're going to finish our service today in worship. Today is part one of the story. And on Easter Sunday, we're going to be celebrating part two, that Jesus is alive, that He's here with us. And so we're going to sing a song that speaks of this truth as we get a little touch of Easter Sunday here today. Let's worship together. You join with us wherever you're linking in from. Let's worship and lift our voices in praise and thanks today. Oh God, you are my Amen. Praise God. What a great truth to know that Jesus is alive. Whatever you do, don't miss Easter Sunday as we share together again and give thanks for this great news that Jesus has conquered sin, conquered death. He is alive and He is with us. So I want to say thank you so much for sharing with us today for our Good Friday service. And don't miss Easter Sunday as we celebrate the fact that He is risen. God bless you. And we look forward to sharing with you again soon. Well, thanks so much for sharing with us today. If you sense God speaking to you, we'd love to help you and encourage you. And you can let us know by emailing prayer at bridgman.org.au or going to our website and filling in the prayer response card there, bridgman.org.au forward slash prayer. I also want to mention to you the Alpha Course Online. The Alpha Course has helped millions of people around the world on their journey of faith and answering the questions of life and finding meaning and purpose. If you'd like to be involved with that, you can find the details on our website as well. We have a course starting very soon. Just go to bridgman.org.au forward slash alpha. Thanks again for sharing with us. We pray God's blessing for you and look forward to sharing with you again soon.